The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7x7 episode 2552. So with Wave 2 of the Higher Republic Mega Storytelling Initiative officially launching today, I'm going to take a quick moment to update us on where we stand going into Wave 2. This is still a no-spoiler situation, so don't worry about that. But this is basically what you need to know leading into the Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Wave 1 of the High Republic Storytelling Initiative primarily was constituted of three novels. They would be Light of the Jedi by Charles Soule, A Test of Courage by Justina Ireland, and Into the Dark by Claudia Gray. There were also, you know, a story arc of five issues in The High Republic by Marvel and The High Republic Adventures by IDW. There were also a couple of short stories, including um, First Duty and uh, Go Together, right, in Star Wars Insider. And yeah, that's the... I think that pretty much covers just about everything in the High Republic Storytelling Initiative for Wave 1. If I'm missing something, let me know. <laughs> but where we left things was with the events of the Great Disaster having been, you know, dealt with at least, you know, just the initial epic disaster situation, you know, now we're in the cleaning up and helping the refugees situation and trying to get people back to something resembling normal on the planets that were affected by the great disaster or, you know, like recover and get back to something, you know, as near to, you know, what normal life might have been as possible. We are successfully launched with the Starlight Beacon, like that whole space station is operational and floating out in the outer rim, and so everything is great with that. It has been fully dedicated, and yeah, it seems like, you know, the Nile threat has been dealt with, at least the Republic and the Jedi think that it has because of the battle that they had at the end of the Light of the Jedi, where, you know, the Nihil Force showed up, but it was only really one third of the Nihil Force, and the Republic and the Jedi didn't realize that, and it ended up with Markeon Rowe turning on one of his Tempest Runners, one of the leaders of the, you know, third of the Nile, and making their ships suicide bomb into a bunch of Republican Jedi ships, and so, you know, that whole Nile threat seems to have been extinguished, but not really. And probably the two biggest things that are going to lead into Wave 2, as far as the Jedi go, are the fact that Loden Greatstorm, who had been presumed dead after the events of Light of the Jedi uh, by all the Jedi, is actually alive, had been captured by the Nile, and is now imprisoned by Markeon Rowe. That's not spoiler, that's from the end of Light of the Jedi, so yeah. Um, so just know that that's valuable information to have. And also at the end of Light of the Jedi, Elzar Mann, who 
was another Jedi who, you know, had uh, very strong feelings for Avar Chris, who was the Marshal of Starlight Beacon. Uh, you know, there's that whole situation <laughs> that's going to play a part in what happens forward, too. But Elzar Man has a terrible vision of absolute, you know, nightmare scenarios. He's just wandering around Starlight Beacon and he's just struck by this vision of the future and by horrific things happening, people dying, like Jedi dying, all this stuff. And, you know, what is that vision and what does it mean for, you know, the future and what's going to happen in wave two of the High Republic Storytelling Initiative? Well, the good news is that, you know, some answers will be coming. Meanwhile, we know from the High Republic Adventures, which we just talked about yesterday, <laughs> that Mark Yonaroh has been on the hunt for some sort of ancient relic, which he says will change the face of the galaxy forever. So that's something else to keep in your head as we approach wave two. And as far as the Drengear go, well, where we left them, you know, they were basically addressed in the Into the Dark novel by Claudia Gray, and then the High Adventures comic by Kevin Scott from Marvel, where the Drengear had been put to sleep and were just in this battle station and hanging out there. And there were these, you know, random idols that were there and the Jedi misunderstood what was happening, thought that the idols were Sith idols or something like that and that they were reading dark side energy off them and you know pulled them out from there but it turned out that they were sort of right they were you know put there by sith people to contain the drengir who they had not been able to control themselves basically and so by taking those idols out of there the jedi not only unleashed the drengir but one particular one that is referred to by the drengir as the great progenitor which is the drengir from which all other drengir have <laughs> come and so the Drengear that were in, you know, hibernation for all intents and purposes that were just kind of slumbering in seeds under the ground since the Great Progenitor had been put in hibernation by these Sith uh, statues and whatever ritual the Sith performed around it. Well, they got woken up too once the Great Progenitor was turned loose. And so basically, the Great Progenitor is kind of the key to eliminating the Drengear threat, but who the heck knows where the Great Progenitor is now because it's not on that space station anymore. Nobody knows where it is, and they have this whole telepathic root system that they communicate through, and they you know, are very much aligned with the dark side of the Force and do kind of terrible things to people and suck their life energy out of them for their own food and so forth and so the Jedi were able to defeat them by a link between the um, the Trandoshan Jedi Master Skier and um, and the Drengear because like yeah it's through some weird alchemy that happened in the High Republic comic somehow the Drengear were able to possess Skier and gave him a new arm, a replacement for the one that he lost in the battle in Light of the Jedi. And through the help of a you know connection between him and Keeve Trennis, who is his Padawan, they were able to send a message through the telepathic root system of the Drengear to say that the particular meat that they were encountering with the Jedi, um, not only on this one particular planet, but also on Starlight Beacon, was poisoned and tainted and would actually make the Drengear sick. And so the Drengear retreated as a result. And so that's where you know the Drengear threat stands for the moment. 
And so wave two officially begins today with the release of the Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower. I'm still working my way through Race to Crash Point Tower, so that will probably be coming as a review next week, hopefully, fingers crossed. Rising Storm we've already talked about in a non-spoiler fashion on the show, and in a couple of weeks we'll do a spoilery conversation about it so we can you know, really kind of sink our, our teeth into it, as it were. And then Out of the Shadows by Justina Ireland comes out later in July. And the Higher Public series has already begun its Wave 2 situation, so I guess technically it's kind of launched June... Uh, no, actually, I'm sorry, I am... Uh, misspeaking. It starts tomorrow. Um, so the High Republic comic uh, issue six, I think, comes out on June 30th. Um, and then the High Republic Adventures will be coming out in July with issue six. And that is the first of the wave two stories for that one as well. And then, um, yeah, uh, after that, I guess we will get to stories in Star Wars Insider magazine that will be more wave two specific stories as well. But no word yet on how long wave two will actually go. It does, you know, if, like if it's anything like wave one, you know, we got three novels in wave one and then we got five months worth of comics and uh, four months worth of short stories to two-parters, right? And so, you know, it seems like, you know, that like if that's the the way that they're going to do it then maybe that's you know a similar situation it's not entirely the case though because they've got that uh, edge of balance uh, ma uh manga um that's coming also later in the wave and i think there may be one or two others so it sounds like it's going to be a bit of a bigger wave comparatively speaking but yeah i just when they're gonna call the dividing line on it don't necessarily know yet but I would imagine it's probably, you know, the end of this year, I would think, and that they would go into wave three for 2022, just based on the fact that we are like six months between, you know, the start of wave one and almost in the start of wave two. And that's what I've got for you launching into wave two of the High Republic today with the launch of the Rising Storm and Race to Crash Point Tower. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.